this is Andrea. And this is Tom. And guess what? You found the other castle. So, what's the other castle? You found it. This is where you are now. This is your home. All right. Take off your shoes. It's okay. You're safe here. This is a safe space. The Other Castle is our weekly podcast where we are going to go face first into the plots of video games, which is wonderful because video games are wonderful, but their plots aren't always, which is wonderful for us because we have a really good time. And I think one of the things that we definitely want to focus on are games that you might not have thought had plots to begin with. Um, That's why this week our first episode is Centipede, the 1980s classic. Centipede, which scares me. Why does it scare you? It's got a lot of feet. Oh, okay. I don't like that. I think it's a hundred, right? I'm not going to judge anyone. I I know the centipedes in this one don't necessarily have a hundred every time, but... That seems very ambitious. Like, if you're a video game creator and you're like, I'm going to do a game about, like, a bug, I'm going to pick one with a hundred feet. Like, that seems like a stretch. It does, and... Honestly, the story that they've crammed into this video game is absolutely insane. You're not going to believe the kind of <laughs> stuff that they came up with. Now, just to give a little backstory on Centipede, here's, here's from our friends over at the, uh, the wiki space. Centipede is a vertically oriented fixed shooter arcade game produced by Atari Inc. in 1980. Wait, this is a shooter? Yes, it's a shooter. You know I'm jumping to Call of Duty with bugs, right? It's essentially exactly what it is. Oh, you're not joking? No, no. That's that's amazing. We're we're talking about, like, the original Call of Duty, basically. I'm sold. Take my money. All right, so the player fight off centipedes, spiders, scorpions, and fleas. You're not the centipede? You're not the centipede. The centipede is the enemy. Are you you a person? Well, we're going to get into that. Okay, That's the the whole idea. Uh, The game was designed by Ed Logg and Donna Bailey. Um, I hope they love each other. Well, at least as friends. Because they don't have the same last name, and that's not necessarily saying anything, but you kind of would assume they're not together. I hope they are. I hope they're happy. Uh, It was later ported to Atari's own Atari 2600, the Atari 5200, the Atari 7800, and the Atari 8-bit family. Under the Atari Soft label, the game was also sold uh, for the Apple II, Commodore 64, ColecoVision, VIC-20, IBM PC, Intellivision, and the TI-99-4A. That means nothing to me. Those could literally be calculators. I would have no idea. I think the TI-99-4A might have been like a precursor to those calculators. I just got set at Pete from a Texas calculator. Yeah, that's, I think that's... It graphs. I can play shooters. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I can write boobs upside down. So what happened a lot of times when these games were ported back in the 1980s because I was there. I'm very young, so. You were not there in the 1980s. No. No. What they would do is they would have to come up with these stories because on the arcade, yeah, you're just, you're at a cabinet and there's nothing really there to do other than just do what it says. But in in the home console version, you know, if there's a story, you can't tell it within the game itself. So a lot of times what they did was they'd put a story into the manual and one of these stories is the comic book form, and that's what Centipede is here. Okay, so would you actually get the physical comic in the game, like within the user manual? Yeah, it's in, it's in the user manual with that's the game. That's cool. I like that a lot. That's actually really neat. So that's the way they would get a lot of stories into these games. Okay. Uh, so this one that we're doing today is, like I said before, Centipede. 
The uh, writer and pencils was uh, Howie Post. What does writer and pencils mean? Uh, he wrote the story itself and the dialogue, and then he did a lot of the actual like artwork oh. on, on the comic itself. That's cool. So this is his baby. Yeah, this is definitely his baby. Uh, he was an American animator, cartoonist, and comic strip and comic book writer. He is known for the newspaper comic strip The Dropouts. It had a 13-year run and for creating the DC Comics character Anthro. In the mid to late 1980s, uh, Post drew for the star imprint of Marvel Comics on titles such as Heathcliff and the Care Bears. He was also an editor on Looney Tunes Magazine and Tiny Toons Magazine for DC Comics. So, like, this guy wasn't some rando computer programmer. They went out and hired an actual successful cartoonist and comic book writer to do this. That's really cool. I like that. So, it's like if they were like, hey, Jeff Johns, can you talk about Flappy Bird? But then he just put out a book about Flappy Bird. Yeah, essentially. That's rad. Good for him. And so, remember how we were talking about the the people who uh, made the game and how they had maybe a, a little bit of a thing? Listen to this. Yes. He he did die Aww. a while back. Did she avenge him? Well, it says here that he was survived by his companion of 24 years, Pamela Rutt, <gasps> and his wife, Bobby. Was he literally stuck in a rut? Ah. No, I don't think so. You don't like that? No. He probably didn't either. That's why he took the easy way out. Go on. But they say his companion of 24 years, Pamela, and his wife, Bobby. Oh. 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 Oh, There we go. You got there now. I like that a lot. Good for him. What's up, Playboy? Got that centipede money? Got the hose on the side? Yes. Okay. It it doesn't sound like this was on the side. This sounds like it was together, because also, Pamela and he had two daughters. What? So... I mean, no judgments, obviously. Do what but... you gotta do. Okay. And it looks. I see you. Looks like uh, Bobby passed away the year that uh, Centipede actually came out. Really? Oh. So was he cute? And you know, I couldn't find any pictures. That's sad. So the other person that was involved in this comic book the most heavily was uh, Andrew okay. Gattel. I was really hoping you were gonna say love affair, and I'm a little no, let down no, that we're not no, gonna get another character in the sordid love story of Mr. Centipede. We are past their love story for now. Damn it! Andrew Gattel, who is a writer who contributed to several uh, Muppet Kids, Sesame Street, uh, Muppet Babies titles, as well as the Jim Henson Bedtime Stories collection, Gattel has also written for the TV series Reading Rainbow. So they got a lot of huge players to, like, help craft this story. Like, yeah. This is not half ass. This is very well thought out. Like, they got some serious people who know what they're doing. They, they really did. Uh, Andrew, he now does workshops for um, children's authors and illustrates through Highlights for Kids. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, this one, I think, is one of the most impressive. It's The Colorist. I showed you the, the cover to it and everything, and you, the first thing you really mentioned was it was really loud, and there was a lot of color to it. That The Colorist, his name is Tom Zioko, and uh, he's one of the most prolific colorists in comic books. He's covered everyone from Superman and Batman to Blade and the Incredible Hulk. Um, he was colorist on some of the biggest titles of all time, like uh, C- Crisis on Infinite Earths. Very cool. Very cool. In that one, they, they kind of rebooted the DC universe in a lot of ways, so that he was a part of a really big epic arc on that. So they have a full, like, all-star cast behind this. It's going to be a very well-crafted, very thoughtfully done story. One would hope. <laughs> one would hope. For the purposes of this show, spoilers, probably not. It, I have no idea. I'm really excited, though. We're going to have a fun time. Okay. All right, so on to the story. Yay, story time with Tom. The way it starts off is that the character that you are in the game, his name is Oliver, and he is the littlest elf. Oh, 
<laughs> I love everything about this. And he already has a team of secret friends. Why aren't they lo- not secret friends? It doesn't explain that, unfortunately, just that they're secret friends. Okay, do you feel that that's derived from, like, the writer and his secret friend Pamela? Oof. No? Oh, you got Did there. we get there? Wow. <laughs> it's on my mind, so I'm convinced this is going to be, like, an extension of his, like, life and or double life. I mean, it's in his Wikipedia. I don't know how secret, but, you know, at the time, it may have been. Wikipedia just lets all the secrets out. You know? You know? It could be a story of, of just trying to... not a WikiLeak. Li- living in a different closet, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Well, his secret friends are Spider, Flea, Scorpion, and Centipede. Okay, so you're an elf and you're friends with a bunch of bugs. I get why that part's a secret. Yeah, exactly. And because he's the littlest bug, you know, or littlest elf, he's about bug size. So those are the people that he relates to the best. That's how small the elves are. In the- okay, so he's like. Oh yeah, these are these are like more like gnomes than okay. elves. So Oliver's on scale with a bug. Yeah, yeah, he's you know he's okay. actually pretty small compared to some of them. Got it. Okay. Every day at lunch, they go and they play games, and this is where we find out. Everything that an elf eats, because it's two things. They only eat berry jam and mushroom bread, and that's what the story tells us. Together? Or are these separate meals? Like, this is my my berry jam breakfast and my mushroom lunch, or is this mixed together? Are they ingredients in some sort of, like, weird sandwich? I think it's like toast with jelly. Okay. Yeah, that's, and that's it. That's all he eats. That's why he's so little. There's not a lot of, like, dairy in that. And it's not like he's a little kid who's like, I only eat chicken tenders. Or like me, who I'm like, I only eat mac and cheese. Exactly. What it is is that every elf, this is all they eat. Okay. And that's it. But he likes to share it with his friends, and after lunch is over, he heads back to the village to go to work. Not school. He goes to work. Well, he's got a great work ethic. He has to afford all that jam. If he's feeding himself and a bunch of bugs that are the same size as him, like, he's got a secret fraternity of bugs that he has to, like, fund now. That's true. He's got to get to work. And, like, when they're playing games, it's really him walking across a bridge the centipede made out of his own body. And then the spider made a net underneath out of the web to catch him if he falls. Okay, so his game is... Walking on top of his friends. Cheating death. Or just maybe giving his friend centipede a massage. And also trusting that once he falls into Spider's web, he's not going to eat him. Aren't there, like, two other friends that have nothing to do with this game? Absolutely. Scorpion is... We'll get into Scorpion later. Uh Uh-oh. But he's off doing his own thing, and Flea just jumps everywhere. So every time you see Flea, it's literally just him just bouncing all over the place. I feel like Flea doesn't need them. Flea can go off on his own. I mean, I don't think they need Flea any more than Flea needs him. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. I know. There's always that one friend, though, you know? Maybe that was Pamela. One entire page is dedicated to Oliver leaving for work. It's It's just each of the friends saying, goodbye, Oliver. See ya, Ollie. Toodaloo. And Ollie's saying, oh, shucks, I'm so sad to be leaving my friends and going to work. To recap, one of the best writers in the business that they could find for this. Not a, not an entire panel. An entire page. An entire page. Yep. And there are some pages with like eight or nine panels. And those things jump from time to time. I'm, I'm going to get oh, into it. okay. Here's in the story. The story says, but while Oliver's playtime has ended, his adventure was about to begin. Dun, dun, dun. Oliver is heading home to harvest mushrooms when high upon Mount Mushmore, a 
particularly evil wizard has a particularly evil plan. Tell me Mount Mushmore has faces of bugs and shit carved into it. It doesn't. I think it was <gasps> literally the only... They just wanted to get the word mush in there somewhere. No! Oh. Now, he uses his magic stick called the Frightening Rod. Oh my god, that's what he called it to Pamela. To send out bolts of terrified energy. Not terrified, terrorified. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like... Help, I'm scared. Boosh. It was like, pow, now you're scared. Yeah. So he takes out the patch of mushrooms that Oliver just so happens to be working in, and all the mushrooms turn from mushrooms into toadstools. (gasps) What's a toadstool? A mushroom. (laughs) (laughs) However... (laughs) I'm following, just making sure. A narrator box appears to explain. The narrator box actually decides to talk directly to Oliver. Oh, not to us. Not to us. So it's narrating to him. Yes, it's narrating to Oliver to explain that they're also the worst toadstools in the history of toadstools. Oh, no. They're stinky and smelly and rotten. That's a delicacy in some cultures. Once his dad comes home and sees that the toadstools have all are all there instead of mushrooms, the dad says, so what are we going to eat now this winter? And Oliver decides to troll his dad and goes, toadstools. Yeah. So Oliver's a little sassy now. He, yeah, he's kind of being a punk ass about it. But at the same time, what was he, all he was doing was chopping mushrooms and they turned to toadstools. That wasn't his fault. Yeah, he didn't do it. Now, the dad goes from not knowing what to do to survive the winter to the world's greatest detective, and then the very next panel figures out both who did it and his motive in one speech bubble. Oh! (laughs) Sounds like the dad might be in on it. We were shown when the wizard decided to turn the mushrooms into toadstools, and he didn't give his motive. But the dad has figured it out just by looking at it. The key leapt there. He was like, well, I see that our food is different now. I know exactly what happened from A to Z. Exactly. So here's what happened because we weren't told until the dad explained it to us that the wizard wants to make the land inhabitable so he can use it to grow poisons to use in his potion making. Oh no, that's very clear from what happened. The town people become, quote unquote, more than a little ticked off. Are the, are the townspeople also elves? Oh yes, they're, okay, everybody's just, elves. Just making sure. It's just that Oliver's the littlest of them all. Got it. And the sassiest. One complains that it's not even fun to be an elf anymore. (gasps) This is one panel after the dad has its epiphany. This isn't even fun anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The character is stopping the story to say, you know what? (laughs) I'd like to be recast. This isn't even fun anymore. I used to enjoy being an elf, but now this sucks because one of our two food sources is now just rotten. And it's really just in that patch, right? So far. But he doesn't plan on stopping. (gasps) The elves plan a rebellion against the wizard. Oh no. Oliver wants to go, but his dad won't let him because the wizard hates especially little elves. I think this is the story of Mulan. So Oliver's left behind to chop down the toadstools while the villagers went to war. He's literally the only one left behind. So he's walking around chopping down all these smelly toadstools while his friends and family are like, well, all his public friends and family are out or while all his secret friends stay behind. I, I get the secret friends now. A little bit, right? Okay. We're I getting there. Then this one random kid that we've never seen before calls him a pipsqueak 
and says, I hope that axe isn't too big for you to handle. Now, here's the problem. Toxic masculinity. He's carrying a stick that is smaller than the axe that Oliver is holding. What's the plan? (laughs) He's like, I see you're a little short and you're holding a giant weapon. Fuck you. And he's the one going off to war. Yeah. Got it. Okay. The villagers, they check up Mount Mushmore looking (laughs) for evil wizards. Right. As you do. Not wizard. Because apparently they've now forgotten that the dad already figured out who did it. They're just out looking for wizards in general. Okay. So they're like, although one of our citizens is like, it's this wizard. They're like, anyone will do. Yeah. You know, it's. Oh, no. That's too real. Yeah. Let's not go. Oh, no. The wizard, he sees them and he's ready for them. So he jumps out and shoots sparks of frightening lightning as he does his evil business. Okay. I take all my shit talk back. The use of frightening lightning was so delightful. I'm sold all over again. Done. Well, they did the shit talk with does his evil business. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right? Good for you. Good catch. Thank you. Good good job, everyone. When the smoke clears, every single one of the villagers are now turned into toadstools. Oh, no. Are they sentient? No, they are just toadstools like the ones that the mushrooms turned into. That's so sad. The wizard even calls himself out on his lack of imagination. (laughs) <laughs> but that it got the job done. Okay. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I didn't come up with a creative solution, but it's done. I mean, the, the writer's just owning his, his mistakes at this point. So it's like weirdly meta. Like he's kind of like acknowledging things as he goes along. He's like, I get it. But you know what? It's like 11. I've got one of my eight girlfriends calling me. I got to go home. Yeah. This is this is a paycheck to him at this point. Yeah. He's like, got- nobody's going to read the comic of a video game. This is the illegitimate child college fund. It's true, and I don't think anybody did read this but me, because this is ridiculous. I I love this. That's when he sees Oliver chopping down a toadstool. But it's just a regular mushroom toadstool, it's it wasn't not one like, of the villagers. It wasn't like his dad, and then he no. cuts up his dad, like, super fucking dark. I know, I, I was hoping it would take that kind of a dark turn, but no, he's still down in the village. This where, isn't the ugh. dark and gritty story of... <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> not, but once the remake comes out, that's what it's going to turn into. Christopher Nolan presents... So So the wizard decides to keep it unoriginal and turn him into a toadstool. But this time with a twist. He wanted to do it up close and personal. So he mutters to himself the traditional batwing incantation, as one does, right? and dives down on Oliver with the war cry, It's toadstool time! It's toadstool time! I'm getting that tattooed on my neck tonight. He ends up casting a massive shadow. Well, massive to Oliver, who's supposed to be the tiniest elf, and that's what alerts Oliver to the incoming danger. So he runs as fast as his little furry feet could go. Ew, he's furry. Well, this is the first time we're hearing anything about it because he's been wearing shoes the entire time. Got it. Okay. Good detail. They thought this out. Part of it. Clearly. Oliver forgets the entire village abandoned him and goes running back into town crying for help. bud. (laughs) So he's scared and the wizard is turning absolutely everything he sees into toadstools trying to find him. So in his haste, uh, he doesn't pay attention and crashes directly into a chimney and falls to the ground nearby Ollie. So he pulls like a George of the Jungle? Yeah, he totally does. He's he's just flying, or or like one of those... um, one of those things that you see at Halloween, it, like a witch like crashed into the tree yeah, kind of a thing. the tree wraps, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that. And then the frightening rod falls directly at Oliver's feet. Ooh. Now, the narrator decides to come back in and 
<laughs> he, he's been taking a back seat to all the action so far. He has. He really comes in when Oliver just can't figure out what, what, what to do next. Huh. So the narrator comes in and tells Ollie, hey, the rod is like right there at your feet. So Oliver decides to pick it up and says it doesn't look magic, which then pisses off the frightening rod. Oh, okay. So that ha- got it following. That's a character. Mm-hmm. Now it is. And it decides to rocket off into space. It just, like, deuces. It's like, fuck you, I am magic AF, watch me fly. It, it wants to prove Oliver wrong. And it just says it's going to space. It's not, it doesn't, it's not I'm like sorry, going into the, the sky. It's going, oh. it's going, it goes off into space. It sky. was like, I'm leaving this entire atmosphere. Go fuck yourself. Right, no, that's how it becomes like a space shooter at the end. No, it doesn't become a space shooter. I, you could, I, you didn't have to take that back. I would have bought it hook, line, and sinker and been like, this is my favorite sci-fi game. No, this this he just takes off in the sky because what he does is he actually takes him flying through the woods and makes him hit every branch on the way because he's being a dick. So he's just flying around destroying the forest. No, he's destroying Oliver with the forest. Okay. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's just trying to make him let it, let go, I think. They go so far as to call it a hot rod. Oh. I know. Oliver tells it very firmly, I said stop. And the rod apparently just responds very well to authoritative commands. And since Oliver asserted himself, the, the, the rod stopped. The rod was like, yes, daddy. It, pretty much. It was very much a Fifty Shades of Oliver. Okay. Oliver is now where the villagers are, but he doesn't know that. So they're up on Mount Mushmore, and he's surrounded by the villagers. Oh, no. Do you think they can feel it out? They're like, I think that's my buddy. Like like the little things in um Little Mermaid. How she turns them all into those little, like, crooked things that are, like, they look like just... You haven't seen The Little Mermaid? I've seen The Little Mermaid. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Ursula, she, like, threatens to turn Ariel into, like, this little, like, creature that crawls out of the ground. It looks like algae with eyes. It's really gross. Gross. Wow, I didn't know... That's, like, haunted me for my entire life. Are you kidding me? I would love to rewatch this with you and have it not be in the movie. No, it's there. It's there? Okay. I, I promise you that's there. That's, so, that's like, a very real thing. horrific nightmare you had as a child. And no, I am scared not. scared of mermaids since I am then. not that clever. That's why you never want to go to the beach. So he thinks they're just all regular toadstools. Right. Next thing we know, we're looking at a panel where the wizard has a crystal ball that we didn't see before that he's been carrying around with him. Is he still in the village? Yeah, he's down in the village. Okay, so he's... this crystal ball had to be with him. I don't think he went and like found it in the village. He had a pretty serious collision. Exactly. And the crystal ball is okay? The crystal ball apparently survived. Okay. So he's using it to watch Oliver's every move. But he does mention out loud to nobody but the reader that he is powerless without the rod. So despite him being able to use the crystal ball, he's powerless. Okay, aside from those powers, he has no powers. Got it. And then says he still has a few tricks up his sleeve. Okay, so he has powers plus additional powers we don't know about, but he has no powers. Okay, cool. The wizard decides to uh, head off deep into the forest and goes to a place called the EBSC, or Enchanted Bugs Social Club. Oh, okay. It's like Soho House. Yeah, exactly, for bugs. For bugs in for, the forest. Yes, but they very much have both the acronym and what it means spelled out for you. Right, just in case. To put Operation Stick Retrieval into effect. Operation Stick Retrieval. He So he's like detailed his mission in his head. He's like, you know what, we're going in for this. Oh, yes. He's like an ex-Marine wizard that's like very tactful and has a full plan of action. Exactly. Got it. Okay, that's now, happening. who do you think is in the social club. 
I think the secret friends are in the social club. All of Oliver's secret friends are in the social club. All of his secret friends? Now, if you've forgotten who the secret friends are, because they're a secret, it's Spider, Flea, Scorpion, and Centipede. And to recap, they don't have personal names. Like, Centipede is like, hi, I'm Centipede. And Scorpion's like, hi, I'm Scorpion. Oh, no. They don't even speak, really, except to say goodbye to Oliver and hi out to Oliver. Right. Okay. So these are for sure a metaphor for the women in his life. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Got it. Now, remember, the game's called Centipede, not Oliver. And it's not called Spider or Flea or the other one. Right. It's called Centipede, and so far we've seen Centipede twice. One, he was getting walked on by Oliver, and now he's getting recruited by an evil wizard. Right. He tries to enlist their help by offering unlimited supply of toadstools, but they refuse because they A, like Oliver, and B, hate toadstools. Are they aware that the toadstools are, like, Oliver's friends and family now? Or, like, are they aware that the wizard can, like, make toadstools show up? I don't think he's explained that part of his plan. Okay. No, I think he's just promised unlimited toadstools and wasn't going to tell him how he got those toadstools. Because if they were, like, a little more petty, they'd be like, I- I'd do a toadstool if you made Josh over there a toadstool, because fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly, because Josh is always an asshole. Yeah, Josh is, like, the worst. He should totally be a toadstool. Here's a part where one of those tricks up his sleeve is another magic power that he's not supposed to have. Ooh. And he hypnotizes them. He can hypnotize them. He can hypnotize them. Whoa. So now the bugs go marching off hypnotized, and the wizard is tailing them to make sure they cooperate. Please tell me when they're hypnotized they have little, like, swirly-doos in their eyes. Uh, no, they have, uh, their eyes are all just, like, turned up, essentially, so they're just always looking up and the pupils turn red. Oh, that's super creepy. Right? Uh, well, the color of their eyes turn red. Okay. Here's where I want to describe, like, what each bug looks like. The spider is just a black, hairy circle with six limbs. Not eight. Six. Got it. And just two big yellow eyes on top. It looks like a cousin it with eyes and protruding arms. Okay. okay. And not the right amount. And he only walks on two feet. Oh, he's a fancy spider. He's a very fancy spider. He walks upright like a person. Oh, okay. Uh, Flea is literally just four circles with four legs. And each of the legs wears tennis shoes. He's, again... Because he's a sprinter. We could do nothing with the flea and be fine. Got it. Uh, the scorpion is inexplicably wearing a blue sweater. He's like, well, it's real chilly out here for a scorpion. Up to his eyeballs. Oh, maybe he's nervous. Jeans and boxing gloves. So he has no shoes. He's got jeans, a giant sweater, and boxing gloves. So he's, he sounds like those like a crazy person on Skid Row. Yeah, this is a person you'd want to avoid anywhere you go. You're like, they have a mission, and it has nothing to do with safety. Exactly. This, so... this isn't a case of like, oh, I'm judging you on your... No, this is okay. This is like a safety issue. You, you should move to the other side of the street, because this person's a crazy person, and you don't want to be involved. Okay, got it. That's one of his friends. That's one of his best friends. Got it. And Centipede is... He looks a lot like the centipede from Super Mario World in that he's just, like, a bunch of circles that are, like, stuck together down mm-hmm. a line. If the circles was, like, the human centipede, it's, like, each person. Yeah. Okay? Ugh. Right. It was inevitable that it would come up. Uh, now, in this one panel, since the wizard said he was following them to make sure that they fall in line, the, the writer has now forgotten that fact because they introduced that... Each of the circles are sentient, and 
the final one was somehow immune to hypnosis. Got it. Okay. Sure. We'll do that. Yep. That's exactly what happens. And it decides to break away and go warn Oliver. It's like, fuck this noise. I'm out. Even though the wizard was apparently following and this is the back end. Right. And he was managed to sneak away, but that's fine. We need to get to Oliver somehow, I guess. I guess. So he gets to Oliver, and Oliver doesn't really listen to what he's saying. He just hears that his friends are coming to see him. He's just over it. <laughs> he's like, well, no, I'm stoked. We're going to have a party. And he's like, yeah, but it's like a bad party. He's like, yeah, but you guys will be here, right? Exactly. He's like the creepy dude that's like, hey, I know you just threw up, but like, do you want to come home? <laughs> and she's like, no, I have poisoning. And he's like, yeah, poison's a great band. Do you want to come see my records? <laughs> so they come around the corner and he just like calls over them like, hey guys, what's up? And they just start charging. And once they start charging to kill him, he's like, oh shit. My secret friends have turned on me. So this is like, okay, so in my head, Paula and Donna and Baba or whatever the fuck their names are all met up at the mall. And then they like came home from like Lane Bryant and they're like, we're going to fuck his shit up. Love this. Except they're all hypnotized and they don't know they're doing it. Well, I'm sure that's what he felt. He was like, you guys all read a Cosmo magazine and decided this is not the life for you. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Now, the writer decides to nickname this part of the centipede to just Pede. Ew. Well, he's not senti, I guess. There's not a hundred of monopede. them. Monopede? Mo- yeah, I don't think you want to call him monopede. Okay. That that's... just sounds weird. So it's just, he's just cool now, and he's peed and ollie. Tell me the peed has a little, like, line, for, like an accent in front of it. So oh, it's it like, does. Hey, peed. Oh, absolutely it does. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, your name's Tom. If we were like, hey, T, and you get the little line. A little line after, right. Yeah. Or I think, I think it would be Om. Whatever. Just... Om. What up, Om? What up, Om, with a little... Oh, I hate it. That would be this terrible. great. It's my favorite thing. Uh, they run up a tree. That's how they decide to get away from the spider. Mm-hmm. Right. And the flea. And the flea. Other things that can climb. Pete tells Oliver to use the wand, and the way Peter Pan gets kids to fly, like, he says, think happy thoughts, and that's how the wand will work. So they just lifted that. They're like, it, I know it's a magic stick, and we can kind of just wave it and say, I can fly now, and just fly. They were like, let's give it reason, purpose, and some sort of fuel. Okay. And he thinks of every happy thing he can. His mom, his dad, berry jam, and mushrooms. In that order. He's such like a teenage boy. He's like, I love my parents and mushrooms. Well, it finally worked when he thought of the mushrooms. Not when he thought of his parents. (laughs) I mean, like, I love my mom, but it's whatever. (laughs) But it was the mushrooms that made him do it. Right. What a fatty. The wand uh, seems to be able to cast, you know, like a very specific type of magic. Because uh, it, it just turned them into a mushroom. Okay. Kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, it's kind of it, either a toadstool or mushroom. That's that's really all you get. That's all you get out of this. As of right now, yeah. That's all this thing can do because the mushroom did it and it turned him into a mushroom. So this thing's a mushroom. It's a mushroom now. He turns his best friend's spider into a mushroom. Oh, no. Because spider was coming to kill him. But he's like really happy that he turned spider into a mushroom. He didn't really like Spider. Spider was like the frenemy of the group. I think so. I think he was always like actually scared to fall into that little net underneath because he knew Spider would just take him out. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. He, he's been waiting for this There's his entire life. There's some friend politics here. Hmm. Next up was Scorpion decides to attack, and he attacks by punching the tree. Does Fun. Scorpion know he's a scorpion? 
I don't think they knew what a scorpion was. Okay. They were just told that scorpions are here, and they're like, well, it'd be cool if a character had boxing gloves. <laughs> So we'll get into this thing that, first of all, has two giant claws, right? Like, they're, like, yeah, they've crab got claws. pinchers. And then it's got, like, his butt pincher, which is, Yeah, like, he's got a stinger, which you don't see because it's inside the jeans, apparently. Like, they literally took a scorpion, gave it a monarchy, and it was personalized as the rock. Like, that's what kind of animal a scorpion is. And they were, like... It's going to be a boxer. Yeah. A sassy boxer. They had they took away, like, the most cool thing about a scorpion being the, the stinging tail that is, could just wreak havoc and gave him boxing gloves. Like, I think you know, boxing would have made more sense for Flea because, like, boxers are supposed to be very, like, light on their feet and move around really quickly. That's true. But I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. I th- I'd see him more as a Mexican wrestler, really. Like a Nacho Libre kind of thing? Exactly, yeah. Okay, I'd like that. Lucha Libre. Whatever. Yeah. I like nachos. That was, that was the movie, honey. I like movies. <laughs> Again, Ollie decides, like, well, it worked last time on my best friend. Let's try it on my other best friend. And he turns his other best friend into a mushroom. No new friends. Next up is Flea. He is jumping up the tree, and Centipede warns Oliver that Flea will tickle them silly. Ooh. That's what they're worried about with Flea. Because like, they know tickled. Flea is not an actual threat, but he's going to tickle them silly. There is a very disturbing documentary about that. Which, have you ever been bit by a flea? Like, th- No, can they bite? Oh, they bite. Is that a thing? It's literally what they do to animals. I don't know animals. I have rabbits. Oh, that's true, but they can get fleas too. Oh, I hope they don't have fleas. I heard they can bite. They... <laughs> so he's jumping up the tree and Centipede warns him. As he's jumping up and down the tree, the little like action words are appearing. Like where, Bam! Wherever he lands. Well, it's point. P-O-I-T. Point. Point. That's the sound of him jumping. Oh, that's so, a new one. Oliver yells, flee, flee. And the mushroom falls down the tree, oh, bouncing no. as it goes. And oh. it says, tee up, tee up. Because it's point backwards because it's going down. Okay. I'm not even trying to lie. I really like that. I think that's a great detail. I'm like, yes, that is what we need in this story. I hate everything else, and I don't think I want Oliver to win. I think I want him to be a toadstool. But I want him to be the littlest, stinkiest toadstool, so no one gets any pleasure out of him, because I'm not getting any pleasure out of him. I think he's absolutely ridiculous. He just needs to be respectful of his friends. Well, I mean, this is an 80s story, so anything could happen. That's fair. Uh, Now it's time to finish off with the centipede. Oh, jeez. Even though, you know, part of the centipede is sitting. Pete's, like, cruising around. Pete's just chilling there. The narrator comes in once more and says, not to Oliver this time, but now to the audience, Oliver underestimates the most formidable opponent of them all. Followed up by Oliver saying, I have underestimated the most formidable opponent of all. Was that supposed to be funny or was I it have just... no idea. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when I read it. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, was this supposed to be? Because regardless, I love it. Every time he hits uh, one of the parts of the centipede, that little part turns into a mushroom, but then, like, breaks the centipede off into other little parts. So he's shooting them into smaller pieces. S- shooting into smaller pieces, which happens in the video games, so... It, so that that's a part of the gameplay, because I'm very curious about which parts are actually integrated into the gameplay. Yes, we finally officially hit one part that incorporates into the video game. Okay, so the rest of this is pure backstory, and this is just one way they're explaining, like, when you shoot parts of the centipede, they break off into smaller parts. Right, the entirety of the video game takes place in one panel. Got it, which we're in right now. Right. Okay. 
And so, yeah, he hits them, and they break up into little parts, and he can't keep up with it. Uh, the wizard sees all this, and he's stoked. He's like, ha He's like, I got this. We're winning. And he just starts dancing. Oh, I like him. He's just having a little party by himself. Right, he is. And this makes Oliver kind of pissed off. Because he's like, wait a minute. He's looking, he's like, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And you're here making fun of me for losing already. And he like kind of calls him out on the fact that he's beating all of his obstacles right now. And then Loki calls him a, a homo. What? Yeah. Explain everything about that because I love it already. He, he calls him light on his feet. Okay. Yeah. But that would... Fucking Oliver. Oliver. He's literally friends with a flea. Yeah. And then he's his other friend is a scorpion that, like, accessorizes a sweater with gloves. And as soon as there's a misunderstanding between his friends, he has no problem offing them. Yeah. Okay. I'm not cheering for Oliver in this moment. Now, at this point, even the centipede... Uh, peed... Right. As we say. Okay. Pete even is like, all right, dude, you're you're getting to be a little bit much. He's getting aggro on it. He, he does. He, he looks to Oliver like, all right, dude, like, like, calm down. Put down the natty eyes. Like, it's not worth it. Well, Oliver doesn't listen. <laughs> As they are wont not to do. And decides to use a brand new power that the wand now has. Oh. And he levitates the wizard. I think. Oliver's like low-key a wizard? Yeah, Oliver is kind of the, the real wizard in this story because he uses more power with the wand than the wizard ever used. And a, and a multitude of other things, like... Right. Okay. So he threatens to turn the wizard into a mushroom if he doesn't unhypnotize his friends. Now, his friends are all mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Except for these weird pieces of the centipede that are running around. And then Pete, who's just chilling and is like, I have nothing to do with this. Right. But there's also an asterisk in the word bubble to explain to us that becoming a mushroom would be the absolute pits to somebody who loves toadstools. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The absolute pits. Jesus Christ. The wizard then doesn't want to be turned into a mushroom because that would be the pits and unhypnotizes all of them. <laughs> Not because it's like, you know, how you die or you lose your humanity or whatever's left of it. It's just, it's just the pits, that man. That would be the pits. The pits, man. All the little individual parts are uh, mad at him. Like, all the little parts of the centipede. Got it. All, all, the, all the peds? Right. Once they're unhypnotized, it apparently turns them back into oh. centipede parts. Okay. And like I said, they're all sentients. They're all kind of running around. They don't reattach. They're all just, there's just like an army of like little circles with feet on them. At this point, yeah. That's rad. All the individual parts are mad and one of them even goes, I feel like I was a mushroom in a previous life. Just saying it to say it? Yep. Okay. Oliver demands the wizard takes them to find the villagers. But first he brings back the newly christened three musketeers, scorpion, flea, and spider, Tell me that they stand in a, a triangle, like, formation with, like, their backs to each other, like, holding up their hands like their guns, like, full Charlie's Angels. A little bit, but they also say their own names. Oh. Because you enter rooms and just say your name. So, but is it, like, a greeting or does Spider walk in just going, Spider, Spider? He, well, he says Spider makes three. <laughs> I love Spider the most, I think. Spider's my favorite one. Well, next thing we know, they're where all the villagers are up on Mount uh, Mount Mushmore. Sorry, I almost said the wrong mountain. Oh, goodness. Centipede is back together again as one long centipede. Aww. And Oliver zaps all of the villagers all at once and turns them all back into themselves. Oliver's really good with that wand. He has so much stinking power, it's ridiculous. That's really cool. The first thing his dad does is yell at Oliver for being at the mountain and not back home for chopping down toadstools. Aw, oh, geez, that's the pits. 
which tells Oliver that things really are back to normal. Ah, oh, jeez. Did he put his hands on his waist and go womp womp? He is looking directly out of the panel, like, at the reader when he says this. Ah, oh, jeez. Can you believe it, Goins? As for the wizard, you ask? Didn't, but sure. Let's Let's do that. Let's see how his story ends. Well, the narrator tells him, don't worry, everybody gets a happy ending in this story, even the wizard. Now tell me if you think this is a happy ending. Ooh. He gets zapped in the face and is turned into a smiling person and promises to help with the mushroom harvest. He gets lobotomized? And turned into their slave. I don't think that's good. The narrator thinks this is a great thing. Oh. This is a good news day for the wizard. This is indicative of a different time. (laughs) And now the rod is called the not-so-frightening rod. They love using the word Rod, too. Oh, my God. His name, Rod. And Oliver turned all the toadstools back into mushrooms. Oh. He was voted Elf of the Year. He was voted? Which is worth its weight in mushroom bread. How much? So they just... Well, they they only eat mushroom bread, so it's like saying, like, it's worth your weight in cheeseburgers. I love cheeseburgers. I'd waste so many cheeseburgers. They wanted to highlight one final thing, which is, you know, supposed to be the star of the show... Centipede. And they go back to Centipede, and they want to talk about, specifically, Pete. So they're like, go down the, the like, list, and, or, like, the, go down the line next to Centipede, and they're like, you, you, you. No, you. You're the real hero here. That's hysterical. Well, he got moved from the butt to the head. Oh, now he's the butt head. <laughs> and his final thought is, I think I'll quit when I'm ahead. But I'm bum. Which he is. So he should have quit by now. So we should be done. Well, we are, because that was the end. Oh, so, okay, and that's a whole shit show. So, in the gameplay, though, like, you play as Oliver. You're apparently supposed to be Oliver. Okay. Shooting the magic frightening rod. Right. At centipede, spider, scorpion, and flea. Do you see all these characters in the screen when you're playing? Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, the, but the main villain really is kind of like the centipede, because that's the one that like, breaks off into a bunch of pieces, and that's the one you have to like finish to complete the level. Well, he quit, and history is written by winners. That's true. Oh, this poor wizard. Like, he he was trying to just, like, reevaluate his property value. He's like, you know what I could do is I could take this place and, like, flip it. Right. He was kind of being like Lex Luthor in the first Superman movie, where he just wants to, like, just get rid of California and then his worthless land in Nevada turns into beachfront property yeah like that's all he was trying to do I mean Lex Luthor was the bad guy but it's it's not a perfect metaphor but it is one that's close like so this poor fucking wizard was just like fucking had his like HGTV marathon and it was like you know what like I could just change this shit we'll be cool get these fucking weird furry elves I keep talking to all the bugs like that's not cool we'll get them out of there I'll put a nice little like house on here we'll gentrify the shit out of this forest it'll be great I'll make so much money and they were like fuck you no never Exactly. It's like one man's toadstool is another man's delicacy. So who are you to judge? Yeah. Like, I hate mushrooms. Yeah, I, I don't eat mushrooms. I don't think I'd like toadstools much better, but... Yeah, because they're just mushrooms. Exactly. I just... I'm I'm bothered by the missed opportunity of taking Mount Mushmore and not putting, like, the wizard's face on it. Right. That's... Or, like, anyone's. But also, why would a wizard who likes toadstools reside in Mount Mushmore? Right. And not call it, like... It, it seems like it's his mountain, so why didn't he just rename the mountain? 
You'd think it'd be like Mount Wismore. Oh, no. No, no it wouldn't. <laughs> it really wouldn't be. I, I don't think we have to stick with the, the more. I don't think we need to stick with anything more. No. No. That's fascinating. Like, I don't like Oliver. No. I don't, I don't like I, that he won. I don't think we should like Oliver. No. The, no. the book clearly wants us to, but it, I, that doesn't mean I have to. Do you, ha- do you know if people liked the book? There weren't really reviews. Okay, there's no, like, Amazon, like... No, you more find reviews for the game itself than for the comic book that came with the book back in 1980. People are weird. I know. Okay, so Centipede himself is, like, one dude, but there's... He's got, like, 99, like, pieces of him that are technically a part of the winner, but could have gotten shot into mushrooms, and, like... So he's kind of, like, the big swinging dick of it. Well, yeah, because what it looks like, until you're introduced to the fact that each one of those circles is sentient, it looks like it just has a bunch of circles on it. Okay, they're more like balls, and then there's, like, little circle designs down them. Right. And then you later realize, oh, no, that's all their eyes closed. That's horrifying. And that their mouths... They're the human centipede, Straight up ass to mouth. They're ass to mouth the entire way down the road, and they're all happy about it. I mean, you know what? I'm not here to judge anyone. Again, never like, here to judge. There's a, there's a lot of, like, really kinky stuff and, like, polyamory pieces of this story. So, oh, yeah. like, it's, it's pretty progressive in terms of, like, sexual awareness. Like, Centipede's lo- low-key, like, woke as fuck, but, like... <laughs> the woke as fuck book of Centipede. I think that's a wonderful place to end off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's good. That's our, that's going to be a send-off. For... Yeah, for, for this week, we're going to say... Low-key, woke as fuck. It's low-key, woke as fuck, yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I can appreciate. Like, do what you gotta do. Like, I am not comfortable with myself enough to be in a polyamorous relationship. No. I'm barely comfortable enough with myself to be in a monogamous relationship. Oh, that's good to hear as your husband. Well, you know, legal property now. Yes, so exactly. We roll with that. But, you know, it's just good for you, not for me. Do what you gotta do. Like, I I see ATM, I just think germs... Yeah. So, so many germs. And then the money that comes out is even worse. Wait, what? Asked him off. Oh, I was thinking of the of the machine that comes out it's of the It's not money. the automated teller machine. That's what I thought you were talking I about. I was thinking about people putting their mouths on other people's assholes and moving their tongue around in a blender fashion. Oh. I was thinking of the thing that I get my money out of because I don't do ATM. What was last night? Shh. All right, so... Uh... <laughs> Tune in next time as we're going to do another game that you might not know has a storyline. And I will be blindsided by it and low-key horrified about how ridiculous everything is. Video games are fun. They are. Like, we're in a stage now where there are really great crafted, like, well-written games just because, like, storytelling formats are great in a 60-hour piece. Right. If you create the right arc, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of these don't. And that's so beautiful. It really is. It's so wonderful. I'm happy to explore it with you. Yeah. Let's let's dive face first into this. All right. See you next time, Goombas. Bye.